What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wow. Wisdom over wounds. January 31st. Do you see your calling? Separated to the gospel of God. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Our calling is not primarily to be holy men and women but to be proclaimers of the gospel of God. The one all-important thing is that the gospel of God should be recognized as the abiding reality. Reality is not human goodness or holiness or heaven or hell. It is redemption. The need to perceive this is the most vital need of the Christian worker today. As workers, we have to get used to the revelation that redemption is the only reality. Personal holiness is an effect of redemption, not the cause of it. Let me say that again. Personal holiness is an effect of redemption, not the cause of it. If we place our faith in human goodness, we will go under when testing comes. Paul did not say that he separated himself. But when it pleased God who separated me. That's found in Galatians chapter 1 verse 15. He didn't find him going around separating himself. God separated himself unto him. Paul was not overly interested in his own character. And as long as our eyes are focused on our own personal holiness, we will never even get close to the full reality of redemption. Christian workers fail because they place their desire for their own holiness above their desire to know God. 
Don't ask me to be confronted with the wrong or the strong reality of redemption on behalf of the filth of human life surrounding me today. What I want is anything God can do for me to make me more desirable in my own eyes. To talk that way is a sign that the reality of the gospel of God has not begun to touch me. There is no reckless abandon to God in that. God cannot deliver me while my interest is merely on my own character. Paul was not conscious of himself. He was recklessly abandoned, totally surrendered, and separated by God for one purpose, to proclaim the gospel of God. That's found in Romans chapter 9, verse 3. To proclaim the gospel of God. Wow! What a simple word. Lord, empower me. Give me wisdom over my own self and over my own character. Lord, help me to become recklessly abandoned in you. Father, we give you glory right now. Hallelujah. I already feel the anointing on this word. We glorify your name, Father. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. I thank you for this topic today, Lord. This topic that you gave me today, Father. Do you see your calling? Romans 1 and 1. We find Romans 1 and 1, getting the gospel right. That's what 1 and 1 is talking about. This is Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle. What is your calling? Set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets, in the Holy Scripture, Romans 1, verse 1 and 2. I'm going to share something with you. The eminent theologian and author R.C. Sproul taught systematic theology in seminary for many years. He began each semester by asking his students this simple question. What is the gospel? As he listened to the answers, he was amazed at how few men aspiring to the ministry could give a correct answer to this basic question. What an important question to answer correctly. You cannot be wrong about the gospel and be right with God. To be right about the gospel is to be right about everything that truly matters. Getting the gospel right is that important. 
There is no better place to acquire a right understanding of the gospel than in the book of Romans. This is the Apostle Paul's greatest work among the 13 epistles that he wrote. Romans was intentionally placed first among the 21 epistles in the New Testament. Not because he was the first epistle written, because it was not. The letters of James and Galatians were written first. Romans was placed first immediately after the four Gospels and Acts because it towers in importance over the rest of the epistles. To understand the message of this book is to understand the gospel. Are you hearing me? To understand the book of Romans is to understand the gospel. The great reformer Martin Luther said of Romans, it is a gateway to heaven, an open door into paradise. He claimed it is the chief part of the New Testament and the very purest gospel. Luther also stated every Christian should know Romans word for word by heart and should occupy himself with it every day as the daily bread of the soul. According to Luther, Romans can never be read or pondered too much. The more it is dealt with, the more precious it becomes and the better it tastes. Like the word of God says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. This book is that important to every single individual, whether they recognize it or not. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the central theme of the book of Romans, is found in its opening verses. In reality, the entire book of Romans is found in condensed form here in this opening notes. There is no doubt what this chief of all books is about. It is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I cannot think of a better study for us to understand than for us to deepen our understanding of and commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the opening, Romans 1, 1 through 17, we see the gospel directly mentioned five times. You students that's on it, you might want to get your pencils out, ink pens out. It's mentioned five times in verse 1. The gospel of God. In verse 9, the preaching of the gospel of his son. In verse 15, I am eager to preach the gospel. In verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. In verse 17, for in it, referring to the gospel, this book is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we look at these verses, I want to set before you several headings that will help us in getting the gospel right and with great precision. 
the messenger of the gospel. One and one. First, we note in verse one, the messenger of the gospel and author of this book, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ. I remember the day I was going through some challenges and I read what Paul said. He said, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. And it went all through me. I'm talking about me, Barbara. It went all through me when he said, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. And I realized that God had called me as a child. And it was something that I could never escape from. There were times I even tried to act like I didn't want to be a messenger of God. But I was always identified and it never left me. And there was something about those words that even to this day, he said, a bond servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. He was set apart for that. Have you been set apart for something all of your life and didn't know it? Never had anyone more opposed to the gospel become its strongest opponent. Paul had previously been, as I've shared in other messages, Saul of Tarsus, a devout Jewish Pharisee who was hardened in external religion and self-righteousness. He was determined to eliminate Christianity from the face of the earth as its chief persecutor. Paul was the one persecuting the saints. But then the risen Christ appeared to him on the Damascus road and he was suddenly converted to faith in the Lord. That's where you hear him say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? On the Damascus road, heading down to go grab some more Christians. Persecute them, kill them, send them to be tortured. That was Paul or Saul at the time. His name was changed to Paul. After Jesus Christ appeared to him. And he was suddenly converted to faith. And in the Lord Jesus. Once in a vow. I mean a promised and vowed enemy. He was now the leading preacher of the gospel he once opposed. Look at God. God can take anyone, even those that hate the preaching of his gospel, and convert them and cause them to become one of the greatest in his service, a slave of Christ Jesus. So humbled was Paul by this dramatic change that he first identified himself as a bond servant of Christ Jesus. The word bond servant here means it is better translated, in other words, as a slave. There is a noticeable difference between the two designations. A bond servant was hired by a master 
who paid him wages for the services rendered. But a slave was owned by his master. Not hired by his master. Make sure you see the difference. But owned by his master. Who has paid a price to purchase him. While a bond servant still retains some degree of personal rights and freedom. A slave was much like an acquired piece of property by his master. All the needs of the slave were met by the master. What the slave owed his master was unwavering obedience. As he served in his master's house, he was to give unwavering devotion to his desires and pleasures. This is precisely how Paul saw himself as a slave in the employment of his master, Jesus Christ. Paul recognized that his life was no longer his own. He now belonged to God. He belonged to Jesus Christ, who had bought him at the cross with the high price of his shed blood. Paul gave himself entirely to the cause of Christ, which was centered in the gospel for the rest of his life. He was devoted to the preaching and teaching of the truth of the gospel. Now comes his calling, called as an apostle. Further, Paul identified himself as one who was called as an apostle. He had certainly not sought this position, nor had he signed up for it. Paul had been sovereignly chosen and called by God himself for this ministry position. He would state, God set me apart even from my mother's womb. Let me say this again. God set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. That's found in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 through 16. This was the work of the gospel to which Paul had been called from before the foundation of the world. I said that slowly so that you could get it. This was the work of the gospel to which Paul had been called from before the foundation of the world. Now you see that Paul went off doing his own thing, operating the best he knew how in what he knew. But he had been called to be an apostle. Have you been called to anything in your life? Since before the foundation of the world, it's about time for some of y'all to get it right. Some of y'all to get it straight. Specifically, Paul had been called to be an apostle. This word apostolos means one who is sent or a sent one. One who is sent challenge that we have so much today is that 
A lot of people aren't sent. They just went. They just got up and thought they were good enough, big enough, bad enough, smart enough to go on this journey as an apostle. And they weren't actually sent by God. There's some, though, trust me, many that have been sent by the Lord. The sent one. It referred to a delegate or messenger who has been officially commissioned on a mission. Are you on a mission or are you just sitting looking at the four walls waiting for somebody to entertain you based on your name? Apostle Pete. Apostle Zeb. Apostle Wendy. You're just waiting for somebody to serve you because you got your title. But this title meant that he was sent on a mission, commission. An apostle in New Testament time was one who received direct revelation from God and was given a delegated authority from Jesus Christ to preside over the affairs of the church. Paul makes this designation so that the believers in Rome will know that he writes with infallible and binding authority over the affairs of the church. Everything that follows in this letter is the unvarnished truth that directly proceeds from Jesus Christ himself. He was set apart for the gospel. Paul makes known that he is set apart for the gospel. This is to say he has been singled out and separated by God for the service of the gospel. All else was secondary. And this was primary. This word set apart, aphorizo, means to mark off by boundaries to set apart for a special purpose. It carries the idea of separation to a specified assignment. Paul understood that he had been set apart by God for the specific purpose of spreading the gospel far and wide. This was his God-chosen mission upon the earth. He had been sovereignly separated to the propagation of the gospel to spread the gospel far and wide. By these three designations, he was a slave, he was an apostle, and he was set apart. Paul is wanting there to be no misunderstanding about who he is. He is merely a messenger of the gospel, not its author. He said, I didn't write the book. I'm just spreading it. He is simply a servant of the gospel, not its originator. He has been dispatched by God to bring this saving message with greater clarity to his readers. But let there be no mistake. He is only the messenger of a much higher authority, God himself. In turn, his readers must receive the truth that follows as from the throne of God. Father, I thank you right now for the obedience of Saul, who wrote 
these words for us today. Father, we thank you that we live with an eternal purpose. Just like Paul was set apart for the gospel, we too are separated from the mundane things of this world into the eternal realities that surround the gospel. We must live to make Jesus Christ known. Whether in our families, workplaces, or ministry, this is why God has left us here after he saved us. It is to be his witnesses for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must commit ourselves to spreading the gospel by every means possible. Every means possible. Spreading the gospel by every means possible. Father, I thank you for your word right now. Do you see your calling to my friends, my family, my loved ones, my co-workers, my acquaintances on this line? Do you see your calling? Has God set you apart? Has he given you a designation? Has he called you by your name? Has he known you from before you were born in your mother's womb? Father, I thank you right now. Because we're yielding our lives to you. We're surrendering our wills to you right now. We're saying, Lord, use us for your service. Father, forgive us if we've moved into some of these fancy positions without honoring you first. Father, forgive us if we've taken on the title because somebody appointed us and you didn't actually appoint it, but somebody decided to choose something for me. Father, I reject everything that's been chosen for me that didn't come from you. Father, I reject every word that's been spoken over my life that was not from you. Father, I thank you because the only place to be is in the right place with you. Father, we surrender to your gospel. We surrender to your word. We surrender to your power. We surrender to your anointing right now. Father, put us back on straight street. Take us off that Damascus road and put us back on straight street. Father, speak to your servants. Show them the way. Those on this line today because of the word empower me. Wisdom over our wounds. Father, you said with every trial and every tribulation and every temptation, you maketh a way of escape. God just dropped it in my spirit. You are on this line today and you are dealing with a way that seems blocked. But I'm hearing the Lord say, with every trial, challenge, there is a way of escape. Whatever you're going through today, hear me. There is a way of escape. God is sending you a message. There is a way of escape began to seek the Lord. He said, if you seek me, you will find me. If you get to what looks like a door, he said, if you knock, I shall 
open it unto you. God will open some doors for you right now. All sorts of doors are being opened. I'm seeing something that looked like a five, six, seven direction traffic way. Different paths for different individuals. God's saying, if you knock, I'll open up that direction. I'll open up that way. I'll show you what the escape plan is. I'll show you what it was from the foundation of the world. I'll show you what your escape plan is. Because I called you before you were born. I called you. But the enemy's been sending you in all these different paths. The word of God said when the enemy comes in a flood, he will lift up a standard. He will raise up something against it. God will not allow you to be overcome, but he will call you to become the overcomer. We have to be overcomers today. Father, I thank you that the calling is being revealed to each individual on here today, whether they want it or not. So many people don't want to be called. So many people think that once you tell them that they got a calling, that they think they got to go stand up in a pulpit, they got to go preach, and they got to go raise offering. But they have no idea what the calling, your calling, your administration is. Ah, I thank you, Father. You're revealing with a tender heart of love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With a tender heart of love. The direction that some on this line have almost missed. But I'm hearing the Lord say you're not too old. You have not missed. You have not missed. Your window of opportunity. God saying, press on. Keep moving forward. Put your boots back on. Strap them up. Go find your notes that you have. Of the dream and the vision and the revelation that God said, I gave them to you. You didn't make them up. I'm hearing God say things that I've sent into the world are held up by you because you have not done what I've called you to do. The one thing in the world we don't want to be is that we don't want to be a roadblock. Some things come through us because we have special things that have happened in our lives and only we have the anointing for that season to open doors for many people. Father, I thank you for the experiences in my captives on this line today. I call you captive because you're on here listening to me. Father, for the experience, the knowledge that's hidden on this line, even those things that you learned on your job, but God said that they transfer into the spirit realm. You can use that wisdom, that training, that knowledge that you learn on your eight to five job. That he has a plan for that knowledge that you learn in the kingdom, the spiritual victory and the deliverance. So, Father, I thank you today for such a great word. I thank you for your word today. Do you see your calling? God, open up the blinded eyes that they may see. 
Open up the plugged ears right now that they may hear. Right now in the name of Jesus. I'm thanking you, I'm thanking you, I'm thanking you. I receive this word even for myself. Hallelujah. Take the blinders off. Lord, let us see, let us see, let us see. Take the blinders off right now. Father, we yield ourselves to you right now. From the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. You haven't finished your books, said the Lord. You haven't finished your recording, said the Lord. You haven't started your classes that I told you to teach, said the Lord. You haven't gone out on the streets the way I told you to go. You haven't fed the hungry the way I told you to feed them. You haven't taken those clothes out of your closets that you've never worn and distributed them distributed them amongst people who have nothing, said the Lord. You don't have to go and stand in no great place. I've shut a lot of them down, said the Lord, because the people won't go out. I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves, said the Lord. I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. Put on the whole armor. Put on your armor. Cover your head and the breastplate. That you won't be shot by those darts that the enemy's shooting at you. Get up and move. Get up and go. Some of that sickness will leave out of your body. Once you say, Lord, forgive me, I surrender. I'm going to do what you call me to do. Help the young girls at church. Help the widows and the orphans. See about the men who are in despair, said the Lord. Don't be afraid to love the drug addict. Don't be afraid to counsel the drunken. Father, I thank you right now that your word is going out. It's going out like a hammer to break rocks into pieces. The hammer of the Lord is going to be in your hand. Ah, ah. Woo. The hammer is going to break some walls, stony hearts down, said the Lord, through your lives. Seek me. Open your eyes. And you will see your calling. So, Father, I thank you right now for your word, your word of wisdom, your word of knowledge. Right now, be exalted, be lifted up. Your name is on high. We give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anointing is still here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. When the God blow up on you, let it blow, blow, blow. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. I thank you. So as I like to share so often, I didn't come on here to make anybody happy, shout, holler, dance, or hoot. But I came to give you what thus said the Lord today. And the Lord is saying, do you see your calling? Found in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. 
Make sure you go and do a study of Romans, the first chapter. It'll truly bless you. The gospel of Jesus Christ. So if you're looking for any of these podcasts, they're found on most podcast channel under Empower Me. Wow. Wisdom Over Wounds. Playing simultaneously is another one of my podcast channels called The Drill Sergeant Series, Making Jewels. I like to refer to them as nuggets of gold for a fiery trial. They were birthed birth forth during the time and a season after the death of my husband and my son within less than a year and then the sickness and the Life challenges, battles that faced me after that. And God rolls me back up on my feet several times since that time. And I began sharing that because God commanded me to do so. Some of them may seem a little weak and a little cry and tearful and a little choppy. But he was making me into a drill sergeant. And I didn't even know what it was. He said, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just give them what? I've already given to the world. So I hope it blesses you. If you like them, send me a happy face, thumbs up, moticon. You may send me a message, but please be respectful on that message. I am a married woman. Do not disrespect my husband. I promise you, I will not respond to you. I really dislike messages where you send them and just be like, hi, hi. You need to say something. Or I will not return your message. So please remember me in prayer and I will remember you. Go with the Lord today and be blessed. Be filled. Receive your calling today in the name of Jesus. I am Sister Barbara. And the one thing I really want you to know today is that I truly love you. Be filled and thrilled with the Holy Ghost. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.